Welcome. You're listening to the You're Crazy Professor, But It Might Just Work Amazing Podcast. Episode 12. Teeth, teeth, teeth. Oh, I wish I'd looked after me teeth. So went the poem by the people's poet of 1970s UK Teleland, Pamez. Despite the rather demotic style of her poem, it does actually capture the midlife concern and creeping dread about health worries and woes, and the retrospective regret of not taking care of yourself as well as you should have done. Teeth, feet, joints, crow's feet. As Mark Almond put it in song, I have the pains that come with age. Everything accumulates, and it all has to be atoned for. This week, my interest was piqued by teeth. Teeth are quite funny things. Our own GPs and doctors aren't really interested in them, and they never ask you about your oral health when you have a consultation. That part of the body got subcontracted away from mainstream general medicine to our dentist brethren many years ago. The tooth, it seems, requires specialist attention separately from the rest of the head, Scalp, ears, eyes, nose and throat all come under the remit of the GP, the generalist, but not the teeth. Teeth, of course, are not just the preserve of us living things, but objects have them. Combs, pianos, keys, they all have teeth. Teeth are so ubiquitous that we could go in any direction with this topic. Where shall we go? It was Jerry Seinfeld who said the difference between dentists and sadists was that dentists had better magazines. I'll confess at this point, I am not a fan of dentists, specifically visiting them. I do know that dentists have a high level of suicidal death in the UK, and nobody really knows why that is. Yes, they have access to lethal means and powerful drugs, but is there something about a working life spent looking into diseased mouths that makes dentists susceptible to ending their own lives? I recall that my own dentist took his life several years ago and I've often felt guilty for refusing to open my mouth to him when I was three years old. Can a working life of chronic exposure to truculent toddlers get to the soul of your typical dentist? Researchers try to find what else, apart from access to lethal means, lays behind the relatively high suicide rates of dentists. Some think it is to do with the precarious financial arrangements dental practices operate under. Others think it's because dentists are often solo practitioners and have an increased window of opportunity for solitude and suicide attempts. Others have suggested toxicological reasons might be the source, such as chronic exposures to neurotoxins like mercury methyl, once used in fillings, or chronic exposures to anaesthetic gas. Despite all of this, no certain links have been established that explain why dentists choose to end their life more than many other occupations. Bear this in mind when you next visit your dentist, and perhaps spare a thought that he or she would deserve a kind word. It's not just about your teeth, you know. In other tooth-related matters, some recent research has found a statistical link between people having gum disease and periodontal gum infections and a greater likelihood of developing cardiovascular disease. 
Some experts suggest this is likely to be due to people who don't look after their oral health being more likely to care less and therefore do less about their cardiovascular health too. So lifestyle factors could play a part in this link, but other research suggests there's a direct biological link. Diseased gums and mouths will indirectly infect internal organs with bacteria and other germs and the damage is done with increased likelihood of endocarditis, atherosclerosis and strokes present in those with gum disease. The link between a bad mouth and a bad heart seems to be established and yes, it does work on many levels, doesn't it? One of my own dental issues is that I am just unable to pose for a smile and show my teeth. I've just learned to smile without showing the inside of my mouth. This usually results in a smug-looking, twisted grimace in any photograph where I'm smiling. I wish I could show my teeth, but if I try to show my teeth in a photo, my face just turns sarcastic. This is one of the reasons why I admire those people who have winning smiles. They truly will rule the world one day. Not possessing a winning smile, as I said, I find myself staring and looking at those who do, and I'm convinced that smiling is a skill that can be learned and perfected. Using a smile to put others at ease and make them feel relaxed is a great ability to have, but like many skills, it can be mastered and abused by those with ill intent. I sometimes watch enviously when the people I know enter a room and they're able to light it up with a few well-aimed smiles. It really is a great thing to see. I'm given hope in my own inability to smile and reveal a healthy set of gnashes by something that a very dear and former girlfriend of mine used to confess to. She admitted that she found David Bowie much more attractive in the early days of his career when he had the yellow crooked teeth. She found this look much more preferable to when he'd had them fixed and bore even and pearly white teeth. It gives me hope that my mouthful of crooked baked bean teeth may not be perfect, but even Bowie himself might not have been able to pull my ex. Ah, who am I kidding? It's Bowie. Of course he could. Our teeth, no matter how perfect or flawless they may be, are also our greatest weakness. When threatened, how many of us have heard that someone wants to knock our teeth out, or knock them in, in some cases? Our ancestors and forebears' teeth were trophies for their enemies, and if defeated and killed by them, they may have removed their teeth and worn them as jewellery to show their power and prowess. Our teeth are also the preferred option of that ancient profession, the torturer. The holy trinity of human weak spots in the torturer's handbook involves teeth, testicles and fingernails. Who can forget that terrifying scene in the 1976 classic movie Marathon Man, when Lord Olivier's nasty Nazi dentist war criminal, Christian Zells, wants to torture the truth out of poor old Babe, played by Dustin Hoffman. He goes for his teeth. Using a dentist chair and the correct tools, of course, Zells' dental plans are frightening. The dentist chair becomes a seat of torture. As the dentist's torturer says to Babe in the film, Oh, please don't worry. I'm not going into that cavity. That nerve's already dying. 
A live, freshly cut nerve is infinitely more sensitive, so I'll just drill into a healthy tooth until I reach the pulp. Unless, of course, you can tell me that it's safe. With apologies to Lord Olivia, that film did more to harm the reputation of dentists, and especially Nazi dentists, than anything else I can think of. If you have never seen Marathon Man, please do get it. It's one of those films that will change your life. But perhaps you should go and see your dentist for a checkup before you do. We also use some very strange teeth-based idioms and expressions in our everyday vernacular. Something with authority or enforcement is said to have teeth, and in tough times you grit your teeth. You may do several of these a day. You may also bare your teeth, or suck your teeth, or kiss your teeth. You might possess a baby tooth, a milk tooth, an adult tooth, a snaggle tooth, or the ever so painful wisdom tooth. You might listen to the sounds of spooky tooth by using your Bluetooth. You might have a sweet tooth and be prepared to give your eye teeth for that dessert. But of course, if you do it too much, you might need false teeth. You might wear a hound's tooth jacket and you may be cutting your teeth or perhaps be a bit long in the tooth. You might like your pasta al dente and you may be hopefully waiting for a visit from the tooth fairy. Thinking of teeth takes me back to one of the products of yesteryear that never quite took off, the disposable, chewable toothbrush. Sold from motorway services, toilet vending machines, up and down the length of the UK in the 1990s, this little piece of soft bristles and plastic was designed to be chewed for a few minutes and then spat out, and it would have the same effect as a regular brushing would. However, it never really took off, killed off probably by the powerful toothpaste manufacturing cartels and the darker side of the British Dental Association, perhaps. The only people I ever thought would buy these gadgets would be desperate travelling salesmen, or people who got lucky and thought that they would be a considerate purchase to make once the condoms had also been purchased from the same vending machine. Like all bad products, it was a novelty gadget aimed at the forgetful and the inept. Hardly a dream target market for your product. Whatever the state of your gnashers, your choppers, your pearly whites, or, like me, your little yellow stumps, it's never too late to start taking better care of them, and yourself. Like most things in this life, we don't appreciate them until we're threatened with losing them, or if they stop working. Do look after your teeth and give the world a great big smile, regardless of what your teeth might look like. You've been listening to the You're Crazy Professor, But It Might Just Work amazing podcast. I hope it's been helpful. I hope it's been informative.